Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Oh, Father, we are hungry. We are hungry for the things of God. We are thirsty for your Holy Spirit. We are desiring your truth because your truth has set us free, Lord. So today, Lord, we come and want to open our heart to receive what you want to say. And we want to be changed by your word and by your Holy Spirit from glory to glory, Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being here to receive uh, the teaching and the impartation of the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. And we believe that today God will speak to all of you and help you to understand how to live a victorious life. Our Christian life will face the problem, will face suffering. And what are the causes of suffering and problems and how can we prevent it from happening and how we can get out from it. So no matter who you are, no matter how long you have been a Christian, you are still facing some of uh, suffering and problems and challenges and attacks all the days of your life, as long as we are living on earth here. How we're going to live a life that will reduce or decrease that attack or suffering and how we can overcome the problems and the suffering in life. So we're going to look at the cause of the suffering first, the cause of the problems in life. First of all, we know that we are living in the lost, dying, and sinful world. This world is controlled by sin, by the system of darkness. The sin entered the world at the time, long time ago, in the book of Genesis. Look at what the book of Genesis say when sin entered the world. What is the result of sin? Genesis chapter 3, 16 to 19, the Bible says, To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains. You see, pain is suffering. In childbearing, with pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Who initiated the problem? Adam and Eve. Because they decided to disobey God. So this world is full of curses due to sin. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistle, suffering, thorn and thistle for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you were taken for dust you are, and to dust you will return. The root cause of suffering and problems on earth 
is the sinful nature of man. Even though we repent and we try to not sin against God, obey the Holy Spirit, obey the Word, but people around us still sinning. People in the same church still sinning. So we are in the environment that people sin all the time, and that sin can has some domino effect on us as well. It can cause heartache because somebody else sin, or somebody else do something wrong. Or somebody drive a car, got drunk, and hit our car. Then we get in trouble. Yes, we depend on the grace of God. We depend on the protection of God. But we're still surrounded by imperfect, sinful people. So that we need a lot of grace, so much grace for protection, because we are living in an imperfect, cursed world. John chapter 16, verse 33 say, "I have told you these things." John 16:33. So that in me you may have peace. So because we are in Jesus, we can have peace, even though the the world is so full of problem. In this world you will have trouble. In this world we will face trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Thank God. God never promised us that we will never face any problem anymore after we accept Jesus Christ. Even though you love Jesus so much, you live for Jesus. You try to repent every day, but we you still face trouble. You still face difficulties because we are living in an imperfect world. But thank God, Jesus has overcome the world. Mean overcome the trouble, overcome the problem, and we have Jesus, the one who is in us, is greater than the one who is in the world. So we can overcome the world with Him who is inside us. Amen. I believe in your jobs, in your profession, in your ministry, everything you do, parenting. You face challenges and difficulties all the time. I face difficulty in my medical practice all the time. Sometimes patients don't do well; they have infection, they have complication. Then I come home and talk to my wife. Oh, another problem. <laughs> We all always face some challenges in life and difficulties and conflicts in life and. Disappointments in life, so this is gonna go on until we go to heaven. But thank God, it's better than before we become Christian because now we have the one who is in us greater than the one who is in the world. And because sin will cause death and corruption, is to repent and not get into it. Don't get involved with sin. If we know we have a wrong attitude. Or we start to do something wrong, repent right away. The Bible says in Second Peter chapter three verse nine, if you don't want to perish, what you do, repent, because sin will lead to perishing. Perishing means destruction or calamity, big problem. Romans chapter three verse twenty-three: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in Romans chapter six verse twenty-three, say three twenty-three. Six twenty-three, for the wages of sin is death. Any time you get involved in sin, you are bringing death to yourself. Either death in your marriage, in your finances, in your health, in relationship. So sin is a big issue. You know, I hate sin. I don't want to get involved with sin because I love myself too much, and I love my family too much. I don't want. Pastor Da and my kids to get into trouble because the dad or the husband get into sin and bring all destruction. You know, there's some domino effect. 
if the husband get into sin, the wife gonna get into trouble too. Everyone under me gonna get into trouble. So I don't want to sin against God. Amen. And not only that, we have the enemy of our soul. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to kill, to steal, and to destroy. We have the enemy. Not only we have sinful nature that we can yield to and we can entertain the sinful nature of our flesh, but we have the enemy outside us that is Satan. Satan does not attack us directly. Satan has his armies. You know know the story in the Bible that there are fallen angels. A big group of angels still follow God. But a group of angels fell and followed Satan. These fallen angels are like taking the authority over different countries and different cities and land. This fallen angels is like a general of the big commander, Satan. For example, if you step into a certain country, you can sense something in the spirit there. When I went to Japan, I went to Indonesia, I sensed something there, or even Thailand. When I step into Thailand, you can sense the principality, the evil, the fallen angel cover. Like in Japan, I noticed that people are very depressed. It's a country that's controlled by depression. Even I talk to Japanese Christian friends, they admit that. That country is really controlled by the evil angel, fallen angel of depression, and not only that, the evil angel of the fear of man. People really fear man instead of fearing God. They try to please each other. They don't want to offend anybody. So that's why it's hard to preach the gospel in Japan because if you preach the gospel, you're going to offend somebody. So the preacher has to pull back a little bit not to offend anybody. It's hard to preach the truth in Japan. And they don't like to hear that because it will stir up people, get angry with you. So you can see this fallen angel in Thai society too. I believe in any You can see America, materialism, loving money, loving comfortable life, all kinds of fallen angels. And then the ground troops are demons or evil spirits. Demons or evil spirits are spirits without body. So they will look for the body to come in and attack different parts of life, attack your emotion to make you depressed, attack your body to get cancer into you, to give you hip pain, to get into your neck to get neck pain or get into your body to cause dementia, Alzheimer's, all kind of stuff. That's why in my church, I don't want any demon at all because I, I love my members. I don't want demon to come to destroy my members. So they come to kill, to steal, and to destroy and cause trouble. As we know our enemy, the sin, the flesh, and the devil, and evil spirit, we should not play with all these things because they come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Don't entertain them. Don't get them involved with your life, okay? And the devil, one way that the devil destroys you is to bring temptation to you, to attack you, to lure you. Maybe lure you to love money. Maybe you used to go to church every Sunday and then the devil sends somebody to you, hey, man, I love you. If you get another job on Sunday, you will increase your salary another $30,000 a year. And you can pay off your house faster. 
then you start to think should I choose to go to church or I should go to work on Sunday second job thirty thousand dollars that's a lot so you have to choose now temptation come in in the form of money reputation and honor or any kind that you will have to choose between God or the kingdom and choose for other things James chapter one verse twelve talking about Trial and temptation. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Trial means attack or temptation or test that come against you. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. There was one man in the Bible. If you read his story, his name is Job. If you read in Job chapter one verses six. To chapter two, verse thirteen. I'm not going to read to you. It's a long story. You will find out that the devil come to God and ask God for permission to attack Job because Job. I like what the Bible talk about. Job is a man of integrity. He fear God. He love God so much. He never sin against God. This is an unusual man. God love him. God honor him so much. Even call him, you know, the the great man. And then the devil say, "I want to prove that he did good because he won something, or he really loved you." So then the devil attack him, destroy his livestock, boom, destroy the building, and then suddenly all the kids die in the building. They collapse. Everything was gone in one day. Oh, it's just. Such a big trial to him, but the Bible say he shut his mouth. He did not complain, and the only word he say, "Praise the Lord." He did not sin against God. Wow! If it happened to you, would you do that? Well, I really honor Job. Actually, Job was a really godly man, and then the devil said, "Not enough." He attacked him with boils and sickness on his body from the head to the toe. And his wife got mad and say, "Open your mouth and curse God." <laughs> you know, when I read the book of Job, I feel that the trial that I have is nothing. <laughs> Encourage me a lot. My God, what I'm going through is nothing compared to Job. So sometimes when you feel down, go back and read Job. <laughs> you know that your trial is nothing. <laughs> Amen. So. You can see the devil attack you physically, your kids, your money, your finances, your bank account, your job. You need to understand you have the enemy. Okay, so that is another reason we suffer, and when we yield to temptation, when we surrender to the attack of the enemy, or we yield to our flesh or the sinful world system, we yield to the system of the world. We yield to three things: the devil. Yield to the flesh, our own sinful nature, or yield to the system of the world. The world will tell you, get rich fast, take, 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 take. Don't seek God too much. Just go to church one hour, go home and play and have fun. The world will tell you to have fun instead of carrying the cross for Jesus Christ. Then, if you do that, you yield to sin. What happened to you? God loved you so much. In Hebrew chapter twelve, verses five to eleven. Five to eleven, Hebrew twelve, five to eleven, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. Are you Christians? 
if you're Christian, you are sons and daughters of God. How many people have kids here? Raise your hand up. When your kids make some mistake, will you correct your kids? Do you sometimes spank your kids? It just happened yesterday before I left my house to the airport. My granddaughter pulled out something and hit the face of my grandson. They were quarreling. Bam! Like this. I look in front of my eyes like boom. They quarrel about something at the dining table. My daughter came by and said, "Time out! Time out!" Teacher said like this. She pulled them away, and they all know what time out means. They both ran because they don't want to be spanked. They know if they don't obey the mom, they're gonna get the spank. They both ran to two rooms, close the door, and sit there for 15 minutes. Time out. Punishment. Instead of spanking, just get out and no, no more toy, no more TV. Just sit there. My daughter is a good mom, very strict and disciplined mom. She raised the kid very well. So they sat there, and 15 minutes later, okay, time out is over. Come out. They all walk out. <laughs> so they obey the parents. That's called discipline. Discipline. And my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, when he Discipline you, corrects you, because the Lord disciplines those He loves, and He punishes everyone He accepts as a son. Endure hardship. When God disciplines you, you have to endure because it's not fun. It's painful. I have been disciplined in my life many times. When I was a younger believer, I make mistake, I rebel against God. Oh, I pay. I tell you, I paid the price. God disciplined me, so I repent and I say, "No more. I'm not going to go that direction." He loved me so much that He is willing to spank me. Okay, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as son. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true son. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplined us for our good. The discipline come for our good, so that we can repent. If we don't repent, what happened? The final is perishing, destruction, corruption. Losing family, losing money, losing health, die or hell. So he wants to stop that beforehand for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seemed pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. God has to stop us from going into the wrong direction because when we sin, when we do wrong things, we are not a good witness. God loses reputation when we do wrong thing. It doesn't give honor to God. God wants us to be good example. Want us to be good representative for Him. Amen. Anywhere, not just on the church on Sunday. I shared this testimony a long time ago. It happened around this past summer. We were going to the lunch for appreciation of the team who do something for the church. I drove into that parking lot. The driveway come this way, 
and then there was a parking spot there, very nice parking spot. So we came. I came this way. I saw the parking spot. Ooh, good. So I come, and then another car came at the same time. Now we're gonna fight for the parking spot. Is that right? We both have the right to get in. I can just go fast and get in. She came a little bit behind me. I came a little bit, maybe five seconds before, so I can get in faster. But then I stop and think. Okay, I have been teaching in the church about giving, <laughs> forgiving, being nice to your neighbor, don't fight with your neighbor, let them have their. So then I stop and say, okay, I'm gonna practice what I teach. And at the same time, I think I want to be good witness to people. I'm a pastor. So that car stopped too. I did not see the face because the window is tinted. So I say, go in. I give you. And that car didn't go in either. Just stop. So what's going on here? You don't get. I don't get in. So eventually, that car let me go in. And I wonder why, because normally people will get in right away. They will get a parking spot. And later on, when I got up on the lunch table, I find out that that is my member. <laughs> That's why she gave the parking spot to me. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking if I fight for that parking spot because I don't know how my member gonna think. What the guy preach on Sunday, but in the real life, he's so mean. He's so, you see. We need to be good example, okay? And God discipline us so that we will be good example. And you can see that in the Bible, when King David sinned against God, get involved with the woman Bathsheba, and kill the husband, what happened? God spanked him. His kid died. You got into trouble until he repented. Even King David got into trouble because he sinned against God. Who am I? <laughs> if I sin, I'm going to get into discipline as well. Okay, so trouble come because of all this thing, because of sin, Satan, the world system. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 say, Hosea 4 6. Sometimes people don't sin intentionally. As Christians, we don't know the whole Bible. We don't know all the truth. How we get into trouble sometimes, even though we don't intend to. Hosea 4, 6 say, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So the first thing that we have to be careful, we get into trouble. Don't blame God. Because we are ignorant. We lack knowledge. That's why the pastor who loves the member will teach everything without compromise. If we compromise, dilute the message, and you don't have the knowledge, you make mistake and you're going to be destroyed. Don't blame God. You get into trouble yourself. Amen? So we need to be careful to study the Word of God, to get really diligent in listening to the teaching, reading the Bible, get serious about repenting and listening to the Word, get to know the Bible as, as soon as possible. Don't be lazy. Amen? Read the Bible, listen to teaching, so that you will have the knowledge of the Bible. The less knowledge you have, the higher mistake you're going to make. And then what happens? You get destroyed. You step into a hole without knowing because you don't see. You are in darkness. You step in, then you break your leg because you don't see. You don't know the truth. Amen? That's why the Bible talking about 
study to show yourself approved unto God. You need to study the Word. Really take serious about the Word of God. And today, no excuses. The Word of God is in the smartphone. You can download for free Bible app everywhere. You you don't have to carry the Bible anymore. You have the Bible app in the iPad, iPhone, smartphone. You can listen to all the teaching in YouTube everywhere. Definitely, you have to be careful what you're going to listen to. But you need to listen to the right one. You can turn it on while you're cooking and listen at the same time. You can feed yourself with the Word of God. Some people don't know the Bible; they get into trouble, and that's happened to a lot of immature Christian young believers. That's why you need to be in the church so that the pastor and leaders can give you some warning and correction and help you to adjust because you don't know the Bible. Amen. But another problem is that you know the Bible, but you don't obey. You just rebel. Matthew chapter seven twenty four to twenty seven say, therefore whoever listen to my teaching and follow it is wise. How many people want to be wise? Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents, so the problems still come because we are living in a sinful world. The rain gonna come, the wind gonna attack us because we are living in this fallen world, and the Flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house. How is you? Okay, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Those who know the word and practice the word are like are like a house built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and flood Come and the winds beat against that house; it will collapse with a mighty crash. Wow! Use the word "mighty crash." Zoom! Bad crash. So, what kind of house you want to be? On a solid rock, the wise house, not the white house. Wise house. Okay, you want to be the wise house. Okay. The Bible say, you. Must be doer of the word, not hearers only. Only, if you know the word and you don't do it, you deceive yourself. So from now on, whatever you study, do it. Okay, put into your life, make it as your lifestyle. Do everything, and you're gonna be like the house on the rock. I have proven this truth for thirty something years. That's why I'm still standing today. I'm still healthy, strong. Serving God, doing well in my medical practice, the church doing well, family doing well because I'm the man who built my house on the rock. I obey the teaching, even though it's hard sometimes. But I rather choose to be standing firm and not fall down and crash. So you need to study the word and practice the word of God. Another kind of believers who get into trouble are those who are opposing the truth. Sometimes people did not obey just because they're lazy, or because they just kind of don't have any strength to obey, or they are not mature. But there are people who really deliberately say, "I'm not going to obey. I don't care." There's a story in the Bible about a man named Naaman in Second Kings chapter five, nine to fourteen. Naaman went with his Horses and chariots, and waited at the door of Elisha's house. 
But Elisha sent a messenger out to him. He got attacked by leprosy. He has a leprosy on his body. He got into trouble. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. You need to understand: the rich man show up in your house. You don't go out. Yeah, he's a commander of the army. He is a very influential person. The prophet did not even go out. Is it offensive? Hey, I'm a great man. You don't even come out to greet me. You send your servant out to greet me. Elisha sent his servant out. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored, and you will be healed of your leprosy. So, what command? Go dip yourself in the Jordan River seven times, and you shall be healed. Look at what Naaman responded. But Naaman became angry. <laughs> Angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. He said, "I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me." Has to be my way, not his way. I'm the boss. Okay, that's what he said. Are not the livers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Paf? Far, far, better than any of the rivers of Israel. He said, "The river in my home not much nicer than the river in Israel." I can sense that when I went to Switzerland and I look at that river. Wow, this river is so beautiful, <laughs> nicer than many country in the world. Okay, why I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. So sometimes people just. Get mad at God. Get mad at the leader. Get mad at the church. Walk away. Don't you don't do my way. Either my way or highway. Not my way. I leave the church, and they forget that there is a man of authority in that house. Elisha was the man of authority, so you should not do like Naaman. But thank God, Naaman repented. Naaman turned and went away in a rage, in anger. This is another story of anger, not just Moses. But his officer tried to reason with him and said, "Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? If he tell you to stand up on your head and the feet go up in the air, will you done it to be healed? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, 'Go and watch and be cured.'" So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times, as the man of God has instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. Ooh, and he was healed. Wow, God is so gracious, huh? This man have a bad attitude. <laughs> Period. He had a bad attitude. He was complaining. He was not a good man. But when he obeyed, he got healed anyway. You see what kind of God we serve, and th this can apply to us. Sometimes we had a bad attitude, and we rebel, and we walk away, and we say, "I'll do my own way. I don't like this way." But one day we repented, and God still restore us, bring us back, make us whole, bring us to, back to the destiny, to the cause of the destiny where we're gonna go. God is a gracious and merciful God. The key is to obey. And repent. And sometimes, when God tells you to do something, it may not be what you like to hear. It may not be your way, His way. Is that right? 
But the outcome after you obey, in a few months, a few years, or ten years, you look back. I thank God I obey, because it produced good outcome. What God tell you may not be what you like to hear. Remember this. Amen. It may be opposite to what even you expected. Amen. So when we need to learn from the story of this this Syrian man, Naaman. Another thing that caused people to be in trouble is to continue to live in sin. Galatians chapter six verses seven and eight. Galatians six seven and eight say, "Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Sow and reap. For he that sow to his flesh shall of the flesh reap." Corruption, but he that sowed to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. How many people want life? Raise your hand up. How many people want corruption? So, what kind of life you should live? Live according to the spirit. Obey God. If you live according to the flesh, follow the flesh, you corruption. Amen. This is serious. We should not live in sin at all. Another thing that we need to understand why so many people get into trouble. I, I know that this is a rare subject that we talk about. Look at First Corinthians chapter eleven, verses twenty-nine and thirty. First Corinthians chapter eleven, twenty-nine and thirty. For he that eat and drinks Unworthily, eat and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, sleep and die. What happened in this situation? We need to learn two things about this scripture. When you get communion, the bread and the juice, the wine and the bread. You need to do it respectfully to the body of Christ. That, you know, Jesus died for me. Jesus shed His blood for me. He got whipped. He got crucified. So you need to live a life that really honor what Jesus did for you. You need to always be thankful and honor and believe in the power of the blood. Believe that what Jesus did for you is good. So when you always think about what Jesus did for you, what you're gonna do? You're not gonna play game. When you're gonna do something wrong, you say, "Oh no, I don't want to offend Jesus. He died for me. He shed his blood for me." You honor his body that broken on the cross for you. So that's one of the application. People who don't live in a way that honor the Lord Jesus' body or value what He did, get into trouble, get sick, and die. The second thing. The Lord's body also means the church, the body of Christ. Oh, this is important. I believe that in America we don't teach enough about the importance of the local church. People stay home. They don't go to church. They watch TV program preaching on TV. They don't go to church. They don't get involved in the church. They treat the church just like. Not big deal. If I have time, I go. If I don't have time, I don't go. 
if you don't discern, you don't honor the church, the body of Christ, get involved, plant yourself in it, pull up your sleeve, honor the things of God in the church, build the church, leave yourself for the local church, you can get into trouble because you don't honor, you don't discern the body of Christ. I have seen so many people who attack my church. Who walk out of my church and start to attack instead of honoring the church? Attack me, attack the church. Many of them get into trouble. Either they lose job, get into accident, or some of them get cancer and die because they don't honor the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church. We should respect the local church, every single church. I don't attack any church. It's not my business to attack any church, but. Definitely, on the practical way, I need to root myself to be involved in a local church and build the church and honor the church and love the church. And you're going to be protected, especially. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, "Plant yourself in the house of God, and you shall flourish like a tree. And in the time of dryness, in the time of difficulty, you still produce fruit." When the economy get bad, when other people get into trouble, we still flourishing and doing well because we plant ourselves in the local church. When we mean, when I say plant, it means root yourself. Don't jump around to many churches. You need to root yourself in a local church. How many people are women in this room? Woman. Okay, you're woman. Let me ask woman who get married. Do you want your husband to jump around to many houses? Do you think your your husband gonna have enough time to have five wives? It's tough. One wife already tough enough <laughs> 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 to be a good husband. I'm talking about not tough for her, tough for me to be a good husband. One of my friend in the hospital say, "Happy wife, happy life." Two wife. Work for life. Three wife, no life. You know why work for life? You have to pay alimony. You have to feed to family. You have to work for life. This friend of mine, who is an anesthesiologist, he divorced his wife and he remarried another woman who is about 20 years younger than him. And he is about five years younger than me. And we tease each other all the time that, you know, I I will quit medical work maybe around 60 something. He said, "For me, I will quit when I still work. When I have the four-wheel walker into the hospital, because his kid is still five years old when he is almost fifty. Work for life, two wife. <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh, praise God! We need to consider the body of Christ. We should love the church, and we will be specially protected. The Bible says in the book of Haggai, people who build the house of God." Will have we call shalom. Shalom means safety, protection, peace, victory, health. Shalom is not just only peace, but everything: protection, health, victory, provision of God. Shalom is a big word. God promised those who love the church. Build the house of God to have shalom, special protection. Amen. So those things can cause problem in our life. 
sin cause problem and forgiveness. The Bible says that when we don't forgive people, the Lord will allow the torturer to come and attack us. Whenever you don't forgive, you open the door for the torturer. You you know who are the torturers? Evil spirit. Don't blame God. This is the principle of God. If you don't forgive people, you're gonna get attacked by the demon. So forgive people as soon as possible. Problem happen when we start to fight, to have pride and envy. And strive. All these are sinful thing. Another thing that can cause problem. Another sinful thing that we see in the Bible. Do you remember the children of Israel in the desert? What did they do? Complain, murmur, rebel, and give the hard time to the leadership. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter ten, verse ten. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmur and were. Destroy of the destroyer. When you rebel, complain, and murmur, you can be destroyed by the evil spirit. Don't complain. Be thankful in everything. Amen. So this is important. Don't complain. Don't rebel against God. Definitely, there is one more suffering that we are going through. But it's not our own fault. That is persecution. The Bible say in Second Timothy chapter three verse twelve, "Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution." Sometimes we may be persecuted when we live for God. Our unsafe loved ones, family members may ridicule us, yell to us, or or cut us off from the family. You know, people who change from one religion to another religion can be cut off from the family, or you cannot get any inheritance from your parents because they are not Christians, or you may face problem in your job because your boss hates you. Christians persecution happen, but don't worry, God will bless you back. God will give you better things. Amen. As long as we don't get into trouble because we sin or cheat or do something bad, the Bible warns us about this: that we should not do bad things and cause trouble to ourselves. As long as we live godly life, there will be part of persecution against us. That's normal. Don't panic. Don't worry about it. God will have enough grace for us. Amen. Amen. How are we going to respond to all this problem? Now we learn that sin, the devil, our enemy, the world system, and rebelling against God, not un- lack of knowledge or ignorance, can cause problem to ourselves. All this we learn. So that's our part we need to deal with. We need to know the word, repent, obey the word, resist the devil, don't yield to temptation. When persecution come, cry now to God for His protection. Amen. We learn how to fight with all these things. But during the meantime, what do you need to do? In Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty-three, Proverbs four twenty-three, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. The first thing is to guard your heart. We need to guard our heart. Because when we face trouble, what happens? 
we can start to be negative. We may start to complain. We may be bitter against God. We may be bitter against people around us. So we need to guard our heart not to entertain any bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. We need to, like what Pastor Da said a while ago, don't focus on the problem. Focus on the promises. As long as you keep your heart right, eventually things will turn around. Our God is a God of miracle. Amen? Amen. He can bring miracle directly to us, or He can send somebody to be our miracle. Out of the blue, somebody show up and give us a miracle. And we get out from that. As long as we keep our heart right, don't complain, don't be in bad attitude, God can help us. God can set us free. But we need to keep our heart right. And if our heart is right, then God can help us. Amen? Another thing, always commit yourself to follow the Bible. No matter what happened, you just choose the Bible way. Choose God's way. Follow the Bible. Follow God's word. Even though your flesh cried out so bad that I don't want to do that way, just bite the bullet, die to your flesh, and follow the biblical way. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And you will see that you shall see the resolution. For example, if you have conflicts in the church, somebody gossip about you, Give you a hard time. How are you going to respond? What is the biblical way when someone offends you in the church? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, go directly to that person. Communicate and deal with it one-on-one. Don't bring the issue to tell another 10 people that they will fight each other and have two groups in the church fighting each other. Don't gossip. Go directly to the person that attacked you and talk bad about you and deal with it and resolve it. If that person doesn't listen, the Bible says bring two or three leaders to talk. Try to resolve that way. Don't avoid confrontation. The more you avoid, the more problem going to happen. You need to practice the Bible. Go to that person and talk directly. Amen? That's God's way. Not only that, number three, follow the Bible, keep your heart right, Number three, trust in the Lord that He will take care of you. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 to 6 say, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. So you trust in God. You believe no matter what happened. God is going to turn the situation around for you. You're going to have a sunshine one day. Right now, you may be in the dark, in the midnight hour. I like the story of Joseph very much. Joseph went through so many dark hours in his life, sold as a slave, almost got killed, and everybody forgot him. He was accused by the boss wife, put into jail. Oh, Going deeper and deeper, but this man never complained. He kept his heart right. He trusts in God. He believed that the promise of God that one day he's going to stand in the middle and everyone will bow down toward him. He kept that dream. He kept that vision that 
One day it's going to happen. No matter what surrounding happened to him, no matter what people treat him, he kept the promise of God. This is how I build the church. I faced so many problems in the church. Many people misunderstood me, rejected, left the church, cursed me, do whatever. I just stay calm and believe in the promise of God. You call me to build the church, and if you build the church through me, the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Everything going to do well. Things gonna go on. I keep the promise of God, and things always turn around. God send in better people to help me. God always do some things. Sunshine come in. Amen. The dark night hour disappear, and the sunshine come up. Something good happen again. Amen. God always have sunshine for us. Amen. Do you still have sunshine every morning? Yeah, still every day. We can have sunshine. The dark hours, the time of crying will last for a minute. For overnight, but next day going to be sunshine. But what we need to do is to trust God, to seek God, and to keep our eyes on God. Psalm chapter thirty-four, verse ten: The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Psalm thirty-four, ten. Psalm thirty-four, ten. If you keep your eyes on God, trust God. Give you good things, amen. Yeah. Obey God. One Bible say like this: He will lavish you, lavish, with good things, not yeah. thing without s, with s, good things. So keep your eyes on God, trust God. Psalm thirty-three, eighteen to nineteen. Psalm thirty-three, eighteen to nineteen. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him. God's eye are on you. If you fear Him, you trust Him, you seek Him. On those who, whose hope is in His unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. No matter what happened, His eyes on you. He will hold you. He will take care of you to the end, and you come out with victory. If you trust God and fear God, Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. Seek first. The His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen. Psalm forty-six verses one and ten. Psalm forty-six verses one and ten. God is our refuge and strength, and ever-present help in trouble. Be still, and know that I am God. I will. Be exalted among the nations, and will be exalted in the earth. No matter what happen, be still, and know that you have the Almighty God on your side. Amen. You may be pressed from every side, but you will not be crushed. You may be persecuted, but you will not be forsaken. Amen. Amen. You may be struck down, but you are not destroyed. You get up again, because you know. You have the Almighty God on your side, Amen. And what is the blessing after we overcome all these problems and come out from it? Eventually, promotion. We're gonna be promoted. We're gonna be stronger than before, and then God can use us to be the miracle for other people. When you pass through all these things, you come out. You know, wow, God is so real. Victory is real when you. See somebody who can do trouble. You can go and, and encourage that person. Don't worry, 
you'll be fine. Miracle will come to you. Amen. Amen. You see, God helped you financially one time. You get into financial trouble, and God helped you. Later on, because you practice the word, you have more finances. Somebody else have financial problem. You can help them and give them. You become their miracles because you grow up stronger, and you can help other people. You become a miracle on earth here for God to use. Amen. That is the blessing of coming out from all this problem and see miracle of God and trust God. Amen. So the Bible say that which of you Matthew seven nine to eleven, Matthew seven nine to eleven, which of you if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? My brother and sister, even though the situation may look bad, but remember this: He doesn't allow bad thing to happen for the bad outcome. His final purpose is that gonna be good outcome, good things. He is a good Father. No matter what you are going through, the end. God promised, I want to bring. Bring good things to you. The final is good. You may suffer now. I've been a Christian for thirty something years. This lesson real is real to me. I've gone through so much in my life: problems, disappointments, rejection, attacks. All this year, but I now come out from all of them, and I see really good things in my life. Really good things. Now, when some young pastor consult me about something, I just laugh about it and say, "Piece of cake, you'll be fine." They are crying, but for me, piece of cake because I went through that already. Not big deal, you see. So once you pass through all these things, you get stronger, you get promotion, and God can use you more. In First Peter chapter one, I read two more passages of scripture. First Peter chapter one, six to seven. In this, you greatly rejoice. In what? In, in hardships, you greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. No new church, start a church, you face trial, hardship. Some of the older church may face trials and hardships. People walk away. People misunderstand. You may cry. You may be disappointed. These have come so that your faith comes so that your faith of greater worth than gold. When I was a young believer, when I read this scripture, I don't fully understand why faith is more valuable than gold. I rather have gold. <laughs> Give me gold and jewelry, not faith. Now, thirty years pass by. I understand now why faith is so important. Because if you have faith, you can have gold anyway, and you have other things too. If you have gold, you have have gold. But you have faith, you can have gold and money and everything. Greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result. Okay, after you pass all these tests, you are reproved, you are washed by the fire of hardship, will result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. When you come out to be mature, you walk around with honor, 
People look at you. Wow, he's so mature. He's so strong. Jesus get glory. And when Jesus come back on the last day, you pass out the test. You still run the race, finish your course, build a church, get the job done. You pass out the test. You persevere. You don't give up. On that day, the crown of glory will come on your head, and Jesus put the thumb up. Good job. Well done. Not medium. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Okay, I like medium only for steak, but for the kingdom, I like the word "well done." Okay, <laughs> I don't want the word medium. <laughs> Look at one more scripture: the result of passing all this hardship. James chapter one verses two to four. James one two to four. Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develop perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature. Everyone say mature, and complete. Everyone say complete, not lacking anything. When you pass all these tests, you become more mature. Your life complete. You have more peace and joy. You have prosperity, abundance, anointing, wisdom, the presence of God. You become more and more complete, like Jesus. Wow, is that more valuable than money? You can be used by God. Amen. You have to go through all these tests. Every believer have to go through all these trials and tests. No one is exempt. The tax can be exempt, but that's the taxes. But the tests, the taxes can be exempt, but the tests are not exempt. Tax, tests, and taxes. The tests will not be exempt from you. Every believer have to go through all the tests. But when you walk out of every test and go through, you're gonna come become more complete, more mature, and you're gonna give glory more to God. And you can help other people who are younger. You're gonna be the people of strength, people of honor, of praise and glory, and a lot of rewards in heaven. So when you face trial now, don't cry more than overnight. Wake up the morning, take your ash out, and just dress up and say, "I'm victorious. One who is in me is greater than the one in the world. I have victory." I'm gonna see the sunshine of God coming soon. I have a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. Amen. God is testing my faith. I'm gonna keep my eyes on the promise of God. I know my God is bigger than the problem. God gonna bring me through this. He promised in the Bible again and again. He will take care of people who fear Him and love Him and trust Him and seek Him. Seek the kingdom of God first. I'm gonna be that kind of man, and I'm gonna come out complete. And I come out mature, and God can use me. Amen. So from now on, don't be afraid of any tests and trials. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give hand to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray together that from now on, we will be the kind of people who will keep our eyes on God, seek God, and we will be diligent in. Knowing the word of God, obeying the word of God, walking the truth like a house on the rock, we will not focus the, our eyes on the problems, and we always overcome all the trials and hardship. Amen. Yes. 
Father, we thank you so much for teaching us about suffering and problems in life, the causes of these problems and sufferings, Father. We thank you for revealing to us how we should respond to the problems, keeping our heart right, walking in the truth, and seek you and obey you and seek the kingdom of God first all the time, Father. We pray, Lord, those who listen to this teaching shall be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. From now on, there will not be baby Christians crying all the time, complaining, rebelling. They will be mature. They will pass the test. May the Holy Spirit give them the power, the strength to pass through the test, give them the desire to seek the Word, to partake the Word of God. They will not be ignorant people. They will be the doer of the Word. They will build a house on the rock. Father, we believe, Lord, the Christians in this generation shall be victorious Christians. They shall see the victory in their life. They will come out more mature, more pure, and they will be used of God. Father, bring miracles to them. And also send them out, Lord, to be miracles to others, Lord. To be the sunshine to other people, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. (laughs) Are you encouraged today? Yes. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.